Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Welcome back, Clever Investors, to the Clever Investor Show. I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber, the OG Clever Investor. We are back in Clever Investor Studios today, and we got an amazing guest. I was actually on his podcast recently called God Mode. We have William Lamb in the studio with us here today. Now, for those of you that don't know William, you're in for a real treat. He's probably one of the smartest people we've ever had on here. He is an internationally sought after uh, expert when it comes to mental reprogramming. Okay. And that's why if you're a real estate investor, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're trying to level up in life, he is a programming expert and one of the most sought after strategists for entrepreneurs and investors to help them upgrade they're thinking. So many of us roll through life and we have uh, we have beliefs and we have values and we have all these people around us and they're trying to steer our ships. How do we level up? How do we get to unlocking our full potential? William believes that it, it happens in the brain and that you can actually subconsciously reprogram your belief system. And he has a system to do it. He calls it upgrade. And uh, it's a revolutionary system that allows users and participants to upgrade their mental performance and gain mastery over the emotion, their emotions and habits. What the heck does that all mean, William? Welcome to the Clever Investor Show. Thank you. I'm excited to uh, uh, kind of talk to you about this because when I was on your podcast, uh, we dove deep into my story and I'm really intrigued on what your story is. You're kind of a mysterious guy. You're coming out of nowhere. People pay you up to $1 million. And you were just telling me out in the hall, it's actually going to be $2 million yeah. to get personally trained and go through the upgrade system by you. Who are you, dude? Like, where did you come from? And why would somebody give you a million dollars to help them upgrade themselves? I appreciate you asking that. And by the way, thank you for having me here. Yeah. Really an honor to be here as well. And very excited to share with your audience what we do at Upgrade and how that can help them. And um, I'm one of those guys that I would rather be here and give real steps, real value in the hows, rather than just saying, hey, you need to work harder. You need to do this or that. I believe the word hard should only exist in the bed bedroom and uh, <laughs> not anywhere else. Okay. Not in business. So we provide the tools to help people make life easier because when the unconscious mind is aligned with what they want and their goals, things become effortless. Things become natural rather than a struggle and a grind. So happy to share with you my story. Yeah. So um, first off, how long you been in Arizona? Oh man, just a year. Where did you come about from? About a year and a half. I was in Utah prior and then New York City. I was in the Northeast. I was in Northwest. I was in Hong Kong. I was in Europe, kind of all over. Oh, wow. And you, you have a pretty strong skill set and background in wordsmithing, persuasion, influence, neurolinguistic programming. Like, kind of walk us through how did we get to the point where we actually created Upgrade? Because mm. um, you, you know, when I was on your podcast, I was really surprised how strong your community is and how many investors are in your community, how many entrepreneurs are in your community. So how did we get to the point where you've kind of developed this ability and uh, created Upgrade? I appreciate that question. You know, in the beginning, it was starting from awareness of the problems that I was experiencing as an entrepreneur. And then I designed what I want instead. I noticed what I didn't want. 
And then I designed what I wanted. Instead of just bearing the pain and just grinding through it, I was like, no, wait, 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 wait. What if there's a way for me to design in an ideal world, whatever I want, and program my behavior and mindset to get there? Now, at that time, I didn't have the skills. I didn't know what to do. So I began to search out some of the best, but I didn't want to just find the people that were in the limelight that everyone knows about, which there are many wonderful trainers and instructors out there. I wanted to find the people that were in the shadows. I wanted to find the people that were doing work and provided the how-tos, that provided formulas and even algorithms and, and predictable steps that I could follow and replicate. Long story short, um, if I may backtrack a little bit, what even led me to that point of wanting to know, wanting to reprogram my mind? It all started with my grandfather. He was actually, uh, 10 days after he got married, kidnapped. And uh, he was doing business uh, away from hometown, many uh, super far away, actually. And he was in Southeast Asia at the time. And um, the island was... Uh, well, they they had World War II and Japan had just taken off from the island. And so the locals took back the island along with everyone who's not local. And my grandfather essentially became a work slave for the next 10 years. No communication. Wow. Nobody knew if he was alive. And my grandmother just married him like 10 days prior, right? So for 10 years, he was gone. And everyone in the family is like losing hope. And back then there was no email, phone calls, so my grandmother started adopting kids, but along with the kids, she adopted new beliefs about relationship, about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. She believed that if you get too close with someone, you're going to lose them anyway. So may as well not get too close. And don't do too big of a business because what happened to my husband? And my grandfather, on the other hand, is making similar decisions and beliefs over the course of the 10 years of trauma, he's like, well, I'm not going to do business ever again because if this is what happens, I don't want that for my kids or my grandkids, my, my future you know, kids and all that. I, I hopefully will live through this. Right? And he also was like, I maybe shouldn't get too close. Maybe my wife's married someone else. Long story short, thank goodness he got back. And many years later, my dad was actually born. But imagine growing up in that household and imagine being brought up with the belief that you shouldn't go big. You shouldn't go big or go bigger. You should just stay small. Or even if you were to try, tragedy is going to happen. These are terrible double binds. And they begin to install these beliefs in their kids. So all their kids did similar jobs, pursue similar careers. Long story short, when I was 26 years old, I had the same belief system, although I was in a different country. I found myself experiencing the same limitations in my mind. I was like wanting to build a business, but I'm like, I can't do that. And I was going forward, pushing hard, working really long hours, building a business. Looked kind of cool from the outside for my friends in college, but I was suffering inside and it was actually just plateaued. So my business partner and I were like, man, we are miserable. We're working so much. We were single. We didn't have a social life. We didn't even have our health together. It's the, the typical beginner entrepreneur in a startup who's just experiencing pain or more pain. So I asked my partner, I'm like, hey man, I think that the plateau, you think it has something to do with our mind, our mindset, our beliefs, and our identity and whatever else? 
He's like, no, I think you just got to work more hours. Now that's an easy, familiar answer because how many of us have been told work harder, right? And I still believe that's, that should be the only word that, that exists in the bedroom rather than, I mean, there's only one thing that should be hard. And I think that, um, and, and it's a joke we tell in our trainings because oftentimes people think life is hard. But it's really their belief system, their personality, their values are not aligned with their goals, whether it's because of their personal experience or their ancestral programming from their ancestors, their families. Let's do the math. 400 years. In 400 years, the last 400 years, each one of us, all of us listening, watching, we all had to have over 4,000 ancestors to create each one of us just in the last 400 years. Imagine how many mm-hmm. dinner conversations, lunch, breakfast, or just playtime or, or whatever family events or things that we say. I mean, I was just at a grocery store the other day. A mother said to their child, you can't have everything, everything you want. Life is hard. To a three-year-old, imagine if that kid truly believes that. What's this life going to be like, right? But compound that over the next five, 10, 12 years, repeating, repeating the same belief, right? So really a lot of us, I will say, I will venture to say our lives are not our own. Frankly, it's been pre-programmed, but here's the good news. We can reprogram it. So that was the inspiration behind what got me into creating Upgrade. Obviously there's more story, but yeah. yeah. So you were, you were, you were kind of looking out and going, is it this belief? Is it the way we think? Is it the programming? And so now kind of fast forward, by the way, where'd you go to school? I went to BYU, Brigham Young University. Oh, nice. And then, um, uh, so then now fast forward, how did you actually reprogram yourself? Because you're one of seven, I believe you told me one of seven experts in the world that are like super trained in NLP and like uh, as a certified, what did you call it? A certified trainer? Master trainer. I mean, there are, there are probably uh, 20, 30 something that are active as a master trainer. Um, but NLP is really like 10% of the upgrade system. What is NLP? Just so for, for people that yeah, are listening. Absolutely. So neuro-linguistic programming was uh, developed by some geniuses, uh, Richard Bandler, John Grinder, and some other folks along the way. And they created a system that allowed people to use language to reprogram their minds. Over the years, there has been there has been some real experts, including the creators, um, that are able to change behaviors and and help a lot of people. And then there are obviously some people that don't know what they're doing, and they read a book on Amazon, and they're like, "I'm an expert," right? Mm. So, and everything in between. Um, when I when I took um, some of the NLP trainings, I was very fortunate and got with some really wonderful people and learned some great skills. But I've personally invested significantly more since then and also in between to develop Upgrade because Upgrade is very much like a graphical user interface. It's the modern human operating system that allows us to really unlock what's inside rather than, hey, here are some methodologies that you can follow to get specific outcomes that may or may not be congruent with each other. And I'm not saying that's that's any other training out there what I am saying is most of the time people don't have a cohesive system mm. that they can follow, which is what I set out to create. Okay. So 
let's kind of unpack that because I think it's, I think it's interesting because as somebody who spent, I've spent so much money on coaches, mentors, joining masterminds, just to put myself in proximity to people like you, because I always was trying to like unlock my potential. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wasn't the smartest guy. I wasn't the, I didn't have the, the, the most raw, like, uh, skills. I, I wasn't, I didn't, you know, growing up, I didn't have, you know, much Dude, going you're brilliant. for brilliant. I think you're being humble. No, thank you. But like a lot of that was developed over time through great relationships and learning it. It was, these are learned behaviors. Even yes. like, even me selling a hundred million dollars worth of stuff online, teaching myself direct response, uh, copywriting sales, you know, persuasion, open looping stories and closing the loops and, yeah. and like part of the framework of NLP that was just from getting around great people that were doing it at a very high level and studying greatness and going, how do you do that? Because I didn't have that naturally in me. And I wasn't even a great communicator as a kid. I was just outgoing, but I was very immature. And so it got me into a lot of trouble and I had to talk my way out of trying to get in trouble. And so, um, you actually, you know, like when I think about my journey up into this point, all my failures and stuff, like a lot of that, when I'm going through like the bottom part where you're really like crashing and burning and you're reflecting, I'm like, how much of this, like you said, was like programmed from somebody else? Mm. Meaning as I was growing up, like it was my dad's belief system. It, my dad, his dad died when he was 13 years old. Mm. So he raised himself. They came out, you know, that Great Depression era. They didn't have a great relationship with money. They were super savers. They were like hoarders with money. They they didn't have a great relationship with money, and so they taught me to not have a great relationship with money because they would always say things like, "What do you think money grows on trees? What do you think? You know, we're mm. uh, what do you think? I'm made of money. Mm. All these sayings, right? And so, of course, I grew up always feeling like money's always out of reach. Or it always ran away from me though. The harder I chased it, the more it ran. Mm. And so I had these beliefs, right? And you actually teach something about ancestral programming. Can you explain what that is? Is that what we're talking about here? Like all these, gen like I just, generationally, we're just passing down these, these good beliefs and bad beliefs. Absolutely. Is that what it is? Absolutely happy to explain more. So think of it like this. If we have... The, and everyone has gone through their zero to eight, the age, that age range, we call it imprint period. And what happens during that, that age is that we are like little walking unconscious minds and we're getting programmed by our parents, by our society, by media, by our teachers and friends at school. And we absorb all these different programmings without knowing whether they're going to give us the results we want or not. Depending on that, that first eight years of our lives, we absorb a lot of what happened from previous generations, from our, our parents or their, their parents, but also epigenetically, also some would even venture to say genetically, we can download data and literally have that data passed down to us, right? Now, ancestral programming essentially is all these data, which we call beliefs, values, and even identity traits and, and attributes get passed down for, frankly, survival reasons, as well as, you know, a, a bit beyond that survival instinct to make sure our prosperity or posterity are safe and, and well and uh, carry on our genes. 
That's the basic premise. So our ancestors will pass on useful information that was useful at the time. But the problem is some things that were useful in the Depression era is not useful now. Some things that were and is still useful. But think about it. Humans make sometimes terrible decisions when they experience trauma, when things are really hard, when there are wars and major, major negative events. How many of our ancestors or parents even, just or grandparents, were affected by World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Korean, mm-hmm. and, and or many other wars? Practically everyone. So we live in this soup of trauma that we call Earth. And everyone's walking around with all these ancestral programmings. And some part of it serves them, some parts of it don't serve them. That's why oftentimes when people teach one methodology or another, it only works for some of the population because their ancestral programming may prohibit that, that the expression of the result. So to put it simply, everyone's limitation is different. And it's not just from their current life or the first eight years of their life. It, it can reach beyond. It can come from other you know, epigenetic or genetic aspects of who they are. Now, that being said, when I began to develop Upgrade, it actually came from the understanding that, well, I had this crazy backstory from my grandparents. And I haven't even talked about my mother's side, where she, uh, we don't need to get into it, also very traumatic. Um, grew up in an era where there was a lot of problem politically for my grandfather on, the, on my mother's side. He was always hiding. And my mother would witness the fear of his father, her father and thinking, maybe dad won't come home. And mother's stressing about money. So very similar type of trauma, but a little different. And then being brought up by both parents that are like, we're going to walk an extra mile just to save 20 cents. That kind of mentality. And, and every grain of rice, you're going to eat them because that represents a drop of sweat or whatever, right? So scarcity mindset was very, very prevalent in our household. And think about how many people grew up in potentially similar environments in the world. There are a lot. There are a lot of people that experience that. And even if they're, you know, someone who's listening may be very successful now, combat one or two, come back one or two or three generations, someone was suffering. So being able to remove that programming that is hidden inside their unconscious mind allows us to begin to address some of the new potentials. Meaning, let's say an investor or an entrepreneur is making a million dollars a year and they're like, I really want to hit 10 million. But every time I start hitting like almost two or three, I will lose money or I'll backtrack. And you've all, we've all heard stories of entrepreneurs making a lot of money and then going bankrupt. Do it again, going bankrupt. And it seems like a story of glory and- and, yeah, and Like the hero's journey. Exactly. Yeah. But the problem is they're actually hitting a boundary or a parameter within their mental program coming from whether it's this generation or previous generation saying, hey, this is the upper limit. And we can actually reprogram that parameter literally like a computer code and then remove that parameter so that instead of experiencing this, this going towards something great and then dropping back down to where they were, starting over or starting you know, somewhere that they really don't need to restart from. Instead, we can keep them going because 
the problem is people believe they either have pain or pleasure. But what if that dichotomy is a false, false reality? It's an illusion. What if we can have pleasure or more pleasure? So the question becomes: What if it's not how much pain can we endure to the top? What if it's how much pleasure can we endure to the top and beyond? I like how you're talking to me right now, William. I want some pleasure in my life. Come on. So how do we do it? I come to you. I'm Cody Sperber. Maybe, yeah. maybe actually, let's go back to Cody Sperber, new real estate investor, because okay. there's probably more of those than than playing yeah. at my level. I'm just saying, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high up there. That's right. Um, uh, I'm a new investor. I'm overwhelmed. I'm trying to learn the language of real estate. I'm drinking from a fire hose. I just gave Cody Sperber, the clever investor, $10,000 to join his coaching program. It's the most money I ever spent in my life. I put it on a credit card. The hope is at an all-time high. The fear is at an all-time high. I told, I convinced my significant other that this is going to work. And this is like the th- third or fourth thing that I promised her. This one, this one. Yes. Is going to be the one. I promise. This Cody guy is different. I bring you in. I say, I say, I have some secret. I have the secret sauce. I'm going to help you upgrade to make sure that we don't hit that mental barrier and fall back down. Like the other three times where fear prevented you from picking up the damn phone and talking to people or making the offer or, or actually putting in the actual work because people are paralyzed a lot of times and they allow other people to steer their ships and they get overwhelmed or whatever their thing is, right? Yeah. I bring you in. I say, I got the secret. His name's William. He's going to help you upgrade. What do we do with that person? Love this question. So if I may, I'm going to explain a little bit of the beginning specifically and and my experience as I upgrade myself and how I use that same formula expanded and improved for these people that we're talking about. So when I first got started in one of the first trainings in, in conceptualizing upgrade, I was like, man, if only I could live a thousand lives, I would be able to gather all the feedback from other people's success, failure, and how they go from failure to more success and success to more success. If I could just aggregate that data like a data scientist, because I came from computing, I'm like, then I would have a database of formulas and I would be able to create a map that allows people to either succeed or succeed more rather than a hopefully succeed or fail, right? So I thought, man, this would be a great mission. And when I was in that training, someone asked me, what's the one thing that when you achieve as you upgrade your mind will make this the single best investment ever? And I thought, really wanted to save money, by the way. At that point, I was pretty broke. And uh, I literally was that guy who just spent the, the thousands of dollars. And I'm like, man, this is on my credit. Hopefully it works out. And I wanted to save money. And then the guy said, think bigger. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, what's something that when it changed will change everything for you? And I'm like, geez, okay, how about I find the one? And, and in an ideal world, I get to design her however I want. Um, I get to even create a spec sheet like an engineer. Wasn't there a movie about this in the 80s, like Mad Science or something where they two guys created like the perfect woman. Oh, Do you man. remember this movie? What was this movie? Weird Science. Oh, that's funny. Oh yeah, this I is great. So it. you're weird sciencing it right now in your mind. You're like, I'm going to develop the one. Yeah, and I was like, man, I'm going to put this on a spreadsheet, prioritize rows and columns. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I was following the training 
And I was using my best. You're like me. You're such a nerd, dude. I would do the I same am. thing. I'm like, all right, we're going to, we're going to get out of spreadsheet. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way. So I'm like, I'm going to out invest my colleagues, my competitors, everyone in my field. I'm going to go all in. And, and they're like, when are you going to find this that you mean that you call the one? I'm like, how about in five months? In five Ooh, months. Where'd that number come from? I was like, man, you know, it's March. Summer you're, would be you're great. All, you're all, I'm going to have a hot boy summer real quick. And then after hot boy summer, the one, <laughs> the one's coming when I'm done, when I'm done with that legendary summer. Exactly. Uh-huh. I was like, you I know, know, summertime I know, I know sounds how this great. Goes. In a fall, you know, fall wedding, like it's perfect. Yeah. So I was moving fast in my mind and the guy didn't even hesitate. He was like, oh, that's cool. Um, what's the last thing that has to happen? So, you know, you got it. I'm like, never thought about that. He's like, you need to have a coordinate for your unconscious. So you know what to focus on because once you design this, you need to know what the final destination is. So your unconscious mind can steer you there. And I'm like, man, he's right. So I always out engineer like as much as I can. I go as far as I could. So I design every pixel in that scene, every pixel to even know what kind of shirt I'm wearing and what kind of button and how it feels like if I rub my finger on my button on my shirt. If there's any aftertaste from breakfast, is my did I shave that day? Uh, do I feel energized? What kind of cologne am I wearing? Or if I'm not wearing anything, jeans, shorts, what? I literally thought about the weather of that day. Every little pixel, even how the light would bounce off the surface. I'm like that guy creating a movie scene in my mind and know every single bit, right? So long story short, four and a half months later, I was engaged but it gets better. I found out. And at first I was like, okay, this might just be a coincidence because I honestly didn't spend that much money. Like, how could this be that good? That's like too good to be real. And then I was like talking to my wife about that. The time I set the goal, she's like, no way. I broke up with my fiance that same weekend. I'm like, nah, you gotta be shitting me. No way. She's like, no, like really? I broke up with him that same weekend. I had a feeling that someone that's better for me is right around the corner. And I just had this strong feeling I needed to just break up with him. We were together for nine months. I'm like, well, that's not like a short engagement either. And I started thinking, I literally found the gold mine if I can replicate this. Once again, like an engineer would think, I'm like, can I replicate this? Can I distribute this model to other people to test? and aggregate the data so I can see that it works for everyone, not just me. I started testing. And I'm like, I don't need another wife. So I'm going to design the ideal client. Now imagine if you're an investor, an entrepreneur, that you can design your ideal client, your ideal investor, your ideal partner, where they are loyal, where they are smart, where they're incredibly, incredibly intelligent in the business that you're in right? And being able to complement what you can do or have the money and the resources to connect you. Have all, Imagine just being able to design exactly what you want and have it show up, right? And so I was fantasizing that. I'm like, man, if this could be real, I have found the freaking gold mine, right? And um, yeah, I started designing my first client. I'm like, I want someone who's mildly to intensely interested in the workings of the mine. I was very specific. I wanted someone who was a real estate investor because at that time I was like, I can't mess around. 
Like I need to actually pay off my credit card. What if what if I'm designing somebody, but they don't exist in real life? Like I want a baddie Latina that's not crazy. Hmm. I do think that uh is that is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> the girls in the studio are like, that's not possible. Like we're all nuts. Uh, all right, I'm sorry. I'm just messing around. No, let's, you're good. Let's keep going. I think that every um, guy in here is like already visualizing like. I did see that one girl that was advertising on uh, World Star for OnlyFans. Like, I need her, but not the OnlyFans part of it. And like, yeah, anything's possible. Anything is possible. All right, well, keep going. Possible. Keep going. So you're 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 now actually gonna find your ideal client. Yes. What is this? A bunch of young dudes that that need help finding a wife? No, no, no. I was wanting someone who wanted to make more money. Okay. And uh, because it's, I mean, sure relationship, that's great. And funny enough, like it turns out many people at first they hear about our ability to help them increase their success. And then they're like, wait, what can you help me with my relationship too? And uh, that's a different story I could tell later. But essentially I designed this client to be really um, interested in the mind, but also a real estate investor, beginner or, or you know, relatively um, developed or, or even more advanced, but I was just like real estate investor. Um, and then I wanted someone who was incredibly great at giving referrals because I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, if I can just work magic with this guy and help him get the result, I would rather focus my energy on helping my clients rather than advertising. Right. So if I can have mm -hmm. someone who's incredibly strong at that and just refer me clients, I can stay focused on what I'm good at. Long story short. And there were other things I designed. 25 attributes and there's a mag there's magic to that number after many iterations 25 was the number i found to work and the first client that ever showed up real estate investor uh has a phd in psychology and i'm like wow my design's working almost too well right i was a little intimidated to be honest because i'm like i'm this new guy right I'm really a programmer, not a coach, not a counselor, not, not, not any of that. And I definitely didn't study it for 12 years like this guy did, yet he hired me. And he's like, you know, can't seem to figure out exactly the solution to hit this income level. And I can disclose the number. He was doing anywhere from like 25 to 35K a month. He's like, I really just want to break the six figure in one month. And so for someone who's starting out in real estate, that's a good number to make a hundred grand or more in a, in a month. I remember when I used to do that. Yeah. It's a good feeling because way, back way in the day, about, yeah, many, many around. decades ago, right? So when he hit that hundred k in five months, he was like, "This is, this is serious. This worked." And everyone around him noticed because he broke some record, and people were like, "How did you do it?" He became a referral machine for you. Over eight hundred thousand dollars in referral. Boom. So what process did you put bring him through? Like if we were to give some people some tactical strategies, like can yeah. we put them through like maybe a four-step, because I know you have some stuff like that where there's like yeah, a, we have a step by step process. process to like modify their thinking and help them get on the track. Maybe not the full upgrade, but maybe something mm -hmm. we can tactically give them on this podcast. Yeah, the full upgrade is actually about a hundred steps. Um, and it it prevents any relapse into old habits. It also increases not only their probability of success, but we set up so many so many routes in their mind so that they either pick success unconsciously or they achieve even more success naturally, which sounds almost too good to be true, but it is a hundred steps and it takes someone who's truly, and, and we have trained some true masters in our on our team to be able to deliver that for our clients. 
Um, this is not a legal guarantee. I have to say that disclaimer because we can't guarantee that kind of result. Um, yet we just haven't seen it not work if not only people follow it, but they follow it all the way through and do what our coaches says. So coming back to the answer, what I did for him was actually four steps. There's a four-step process that we take people through. If we were to look at the big pictures of even the hundred steps, they're in four segments. The first segment is design. As I mentioned, I designed the one, I designed my first client. I've designed a lot of other things after that. And um, they show up. I had a client design that he really wanted to get a house. And this is actually not only provable, it's got like 80 million views on YouTube. He was, I asked him what he wanted. He said, I want a house, but I can't afford it right now. I'm like, that does not mean you can't have a house. Anything's possible. He's like, right, but I literally can't even, I can't get a mortgage based on, you know, whatever. Two days later, he won a house. What do you mean? He won it? Was, like in- he won. He was gifted a house after he won a contest and it was fully furnished. And it's on YouTube. There's like 80 million views. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to say exactly where that 80 million view is because you could probably guess how many channels has 80 million views on a video. So pretty cool. He won a house two days later and he's like, William, tell me everything because whatever it is, I need to sign up, right? Now, not going to guarantee that everyone listening is going to win a house. But we have in our database of testimonials, seen some pretty interesting and strange events when people begin to change what's going on in their mind. So let me get back to the four-step process. First is design. And if I may explain it with a metaphor, imagine you and I go on a little journey back to the 1800s and we take your laptop, a projector, and a screen. And of course, a generator, right? And we go back, we project whatever's on your laptop on the screen, and we tell the town folks, we're like, hey guys, I know this looks weird. And people are running away, some of them. They're like, this is some sorcery yeah, stuff. Yeah, some voodoo. Yeah. And some people are like, these people must be prophets or angels or demon, who knows, right? But there's a crowd, a good captivated crowd of people that are watching, listening. And they're like, I want in. I want in on this. I, w- I want to know what this is. And I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to get this. Well, you and I are like, we're going to offer this whole system to you. If you want, we'll give it to you, right? And um, as long as you can figure out how to change what's on the screen. And all of a sudden, there's a line of people lining up right next to the screen, trying to change what's on the screen because they think that's how you change the screen. But you and I both know it's on the laptop. That's where minimal effort in terms of change will occur. You change what's on the screen with your laptop, your track pack, your mouse, whatever, the screen changes. It's elementary. We know that. But how many people actually know when you change what's going on in your laptop, that's when reality changes. Most people don't. And that first step is knowing that and then designing what you want instead. Instead of what you don't want, you design what you want. That's step one. So is it when you when when I think about what you're saying, is it more like so many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have 
debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. Getting clear on what you want. Ah. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, cause sometimes people are like, I, like I want more, but they don't know what more is. Yeah. And like, are you suggesting like, if we're going to design it, we're going to, if we're going to start with design, we're going to get really freaking clear on exactly our destination. So that's a fantastic clarification question because when you ask people what they want, sometimes they tell you what they don't want and they don't even know the difference. You're like, Hey, what do you want? They're like, not my job. Like, okay. Not my current situation. Not my relationship. No, no. Like, what do you want? Like, I just told you. They don't know what they really want because they've been trained their whole life on running away from what they don't want. Even some of the most successful, wealthy people that we've worked with, I've heard so much of it. It's like, don't think of a pink elephant. They just think about the pink elephant, right? So first step to knowing what someone wants is allowing themselves to realize there are things that bring some pleasure and joy and go and see what those things are. And oftentimes that means sitting down, whether it's researching online or actually traveling, but sitting down with your laptop, tablet, phone, whatever, and begin to ask yourself this question. In an ideal world that I am in control of, what would I want? Now, if we apply it to our contacts here, our, our, con- our, our context here of designing the ideal client, because I'm sure everyone would benefit, you know, investors, entrepreneurs, and so on and so forth. If you design 25 attributes in an ideal world, who would you want to work with? Are they a self-closer? That's an important attribute. Self-closer. Are they a referral machine? Are they genuinely interested in your relationship with them and value your relationship with them more than the money? These are already three attributes that would be a game changer if they design into their 25, right? And there's more, there's more. Like readily, you know, someone who will take action in paying. Like, because you've worked with people that are like, yeah, I'll pay, I'll do it. Five months later, you're like, what happened, man? Yeah. Right? And then I just had a gentleman that just jumped into our program and he's like, I'm in. He's like, send me the contract. I send it to him. No joke, 10 seconds later, he signs it and paid. I'm like, no wonder this guy owns a $100 million business, mm-hmm. right? So what happens is when people are able to, to know what they want, they also need to know uh, the second step to focus on it. So step one, design. Step two is all about focus. Now, do you call it focus? Because I've heard you use different words for that, like reality engineering. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what, what does that mean? Let me explain it. Because focus is a word that everyone's like, oh yeah, I know what that means. But when you focus on what you want, you're actually engineering your reality. So here's what I mean by that. Once you design what you want, as if you live in an ideal world where you're in control of, you begin to really, and it's very freeing, because so many people still write as if they're restricted. They'll still design their reality as if it's restricted. Because if I get are given the choice to work with whoever I want, and by the way, we all have that choice, I would say I want to work with people who genuinely are kind and want to make a difference in the world. I'm not stuck with working with anyone. I get to choose, right? But people don't unconsciously know or believe that. So the first step is knowing what we want. Then 
we are going to be challenged by our beliefs and our values, even what's going on in our society. If we design what we want, mom's going to come around and say, you can't do that. Dad's going to come around and say, I tried that and failed. Neighbor's going to say, man, that's going to be hard. Colleagues, mentors are going to be say, are you sure about that? Why don't you do something more safe, right? Spouse is going to come around and say, that's a lot of money you're spending. Are you sure this is going to work out? What if we go live on the streets? What if this fails? All of that noise. I'm not saying there's no wise advice coming from those around us and that we don't make stupid mistakes ever just because we're brave. No, no, no. What I'm saying is once you design what you really want, you need to focus on the outcome and seek out every help you can that allows you to actualize it. Not sitting around and thinking, if I just focus on it, it's going to happen, but actually focus on it and, and do everything you can so that you can feel congruent with what you focus on. I'll get a little bit more specific. Let's say I really want a yacht. And let's say I love boating. I love being on the ocean, right? Instead of sitting around my house and, and saying, oh man, I can't afford it. And then still go following William's advice and, and Cody's advice here, we're, we're like sitting here telling people design it, right? Let's say I'm that new entrepreneur, new investor. I'm like, okay, I'll follow it. I'll design this yacht I want. And I'll try to focus, try to focus on it, right? And then they get an email of a bill, insurance, they get a credit card bill and they're like, shit, I can't afford a yacht. I can barely pay my bills. I just want to grow my business and have a little bit more freedom and not getting yelled at by my wife. I just want this. They're not focusing on what they want. They're thinking about all the pain and what they need to take care of. If I was truly focusing on what I want, I'm like, sure, there's stuff going on in my life right now that's not fully aligned. I'm going to use the resources I have, like my laptop. I'm going to get on my laptop Go look at Monaco, go look at Fort Lauderdale, wherever the dock that may be. I'm going to get as much sensory data as possible. So by focusing, I mean gather visual data, auditory data. How would the dock sound like if you're standing there, just got off your yacht or just bought your yacht? What would that sound like? Is the agent, right, the broker going to say, hey, congratulations, this is one of the most beautiful vessels you could have bought, right? You got a great deal and you can hear the seagull. Is that what you hear or is it something else, right? So being able to focus on that and then also the kinesthetic, how's the wind? What's the wind speed? Is the sun just right? What's the temperature? What did you eat for breakfast that day? And also like the texture of the shirt you wear. If you have all that data, you'll realize and I don't mean just you, but like every one of us, right, would realize there's no unrealistic goals and designs. There are only things that our minds can't make real because we're lacking data. So to focus on what we want, we need to gather data. And that gives us ease to be able to focus on it. It's interesting. We're having this conversation. I was in church on Sunday and we had a guest pastor there and it was all about planting seeds. Mm -hmm. And he said, essentially, there are five seeds that you got to pay attention to. And the seeds are inside all of us. And so many times people roll around life and they're looking out and they're going, I'm not where I want to be because, but that person is, and that person has what I need in order for me to get there. That person over there has what I need, or that person's preventing me, or this situation's preventing me, or my environment, or this, or my background, or whatever. And the lesson was there are these seeds, they're in you. They're not in somebody else. Somebody's not going to hand you the seed. You already have the seed. And the seeds were 
um, really to pay attention to your words. And you're kind of saying like, when you're talking about design and folk, you're talking about designing your words, making sure that you're saying the right things. You have clarity on your words. You know what it is that you're gunning after. Um, he said, um, pay attention to the, and one of the seeds was your tears. Are you crying for the things that are preventing you? The woe, are you doing the woe is me situation? Mm. The negative, the toxic, the victimhood, the, the, victimhood, the blamer, you're, you're walking around pointing at everybody else. Or are you crying because in his, in his example, because God's moving mountains for people around you and he's blessing people and he's opening doors and, and he's protecting people and he's, you know, whatever the positive side of stuff is. And so like what, when you're, when you're crying, what are you, are you crying for the positive? Because his belief was the more you manifest and focus on the positive stuff, the more positive stuff you're going to see and experience. Focus. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the focus on the, on the tears. And then he said, um, what was the other one? Your, your, your money, right? Your time and your energy were the five seeds that he was really talking about. And uh, as I hear in you, I'm, I'm almost like replaying that lesson um, because it's very similar to just how important it is. Words have power. And Indeed. so many people, like we either do it outward or inwards. We're either, so many people are vocal, vocal outwards negatively or they're vocal inwards negatively. Mm-hmm. And they talk so bad about themselves and it drives me crazy because I don't have that in me. I never, I have such a high level of self-efficacy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like absolutely. I just believe, I don't know why or where it comes from. I just believe that it's possible. And it drives me crazy when negative people are, start telling me all the reasons and they're things. programming themselves. Yeah. And, it, and they don't even know. It's it. like, are you fucking crazy? Like, why would you even say it? But I do find myself doing it in other ways. Mm. You know, like um, uh, maybe something goes wrong with my kids or something like that. I find myself talking to myself almost in a, in a little negative loop. Oh. Like, oh, this fucking kid's not controllable. He's, he's not, able, not able to like connect with him. And I'm like, no, I'm done saying that. I catch myself. Mm. No, he, we do have a deep connection. It is amazing. We will learn to work together. And the more I powerfully speak into that, that and focus on that result, the better our relationship starts to get. So I like where, where we're going with this. Um, so we have design, we have the um, reality engineering or the focus. Mm-hmm. Now what's the core ingredient to start to move us in that direction? So- the next step is understanding what is filtering what gets out. So for example, back to the analogy of laptop projector screen, right? Imagine step one, designing is typing in your laptop commands and or sentences or search queries of what you want. And then focus is choosing what you want that comes up, right? Choosing to focus on that right? It's like putting the internal image in the laptop. Hey, this is what's going to Kind of vision boarding it. Yeah. 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 And what's on your screen is going to get projected on the projector screen, right? So you're choosing by focus and reality engineering, you're essentially putting what you want in the internal screen because you know what's internal gets projected outwards. Then step three is noticing, hey, is the projector working? Is the lens blurred or is it in focus? Is it aligned? Because our mind has a filter or a set of lenses that project these things outward that we call beliefs. And these beliefs will hinder or support 
what we have chosen as a design and that what we want to focus on. So let's say you have this magnificent design of your life in not only business, but relationship, personal health, and, and family, and all areas of your life. And you can focus on it. But if your belief or beliefs do not support that because of ancestral programming, because of whatever you were told and that you accepted when you were age five, that's going to naturally filter out the possibility of you achieving that as quickly as you want without massive amount of physical effort. That's where the grind of entrepreneurship comes from. And so frankly, I think unconsciously, a lot of entrepreneurs are grinding, working hard, hustling, using those terms to describe the hard work because that hard work actually reveals what sort of programming they need to work on. But the problem is when they reveal that, they're like, oh, I'm just going to suffer through it rather than resolving it. What we provide is the ability to resolve that and many steps ahead of the game, consider what you want and design that. So to answer your question straight, belief engineering is the next step. Now that you've designed what you want, you can focus on it, right? Well, can you make sure your beliefs support that? You know, we talk about the steps of how a belief works and how beliefs are organized in our mind. I don't think a lot of people explain it, uh, frankly, anywhere. So most of the time people are like, oh, I have a limiting belief. Well, what does that mean? How is a belief constructed mathematically? And can we remove or change the math in our belief so that we have a new belief? It's actually really simple math. So can you explain more? Yeah, absolutely. So imagine there are two parts to every single belief, A and part B. There's usually either a equal sign or a cause and effect sign, meaning A causes B or A equals B. Let's say someone says, uh, I am really smart, therefore I'm going to be really good at business. But someone else could say, I'm really smart and I'm not good at business. I'm only smart in some ways. Or another belief might be like, oh, I'm really short, therefore I can't get girls. Someone might actually have a totally different belief with that same component A, mm. right? Um, a, more, uh, a more realistic or common thing would be, I didn't, I didn't have this kind of family, didn't have this kind of upbringing or background, I didn't have this degree, I didn't go to Harvard, or I don't have this relationship, therefore it's going to take me a long time to make a lot of money. Or, oh, I wasn't, you know, given this or X, Y, and Z, you, you get where I'm going with this. So this causes this or this equals this. Or, oh, um, I had a bunch of trauma in, I, in my previous relationship. Therefore, there's no good men or good women out there. People have all kinds of these beliefs that they put equal sign, even though when they're not equal, they put cause and effect, even though they're not actually related. But here's the thing. Let's say we're able to remove all of the ones that are not serving us anymore and replace them with I am whatever and therefore I make tons of money. You could be like, I'm Cody, therefore I make tons of money. That belief doesn't actually have to be objectively proven. But if you have that installed in your mind, that becomes your new filter. You can actually say, I'm Cody, therefore I will have the single best relationship anyone can ever dream of with my family and with my future family and with my business partners. You can also say, I'm Cody, therefore, you know, I'm only going to do the best deals. And in fact, big opportunities are going to chase after me and I'm going to make a lot of money and create tons of win-win-wins and people are going to love me forever. You can 
engineer all these beliefs by design, once again, that matches your goals and then install these beliefs. And what's cool about beliefs is that, well, first off, let me say the downside of just changing one single belief is that there are hundreds, if not thousands of other beliefs in every context, whether business, family, relationship. So if you just change one belief, most of the time people will bounce back. That's why when someone goes to one event and they're like, oh my gosh, they sing Kumbaya and they change mm. and they're amazed. And then they go home, they revert. That's like a, that's a unfortunate model. Let's just say that, that the person has to keep going back and change one belief or a few beliefs at a time when there are thousands of beliefs, if not more. But then imagine being able to change what's, what's the next level that organizes all the beliefs. In fact, beliefs are organized by what we call values or clusters of values. These values can have 10 or 100 beliefs underneath them. And values are what's important to us. Imagine being able to change what's important to each one of us in the unconscious level. All of a sudden, like imagine you could change um, being ecological, being a good business person in a sense like value relationship and, and make sure they don't screw their partners. Imagine being able to install that in business partners. They would never screw you. That new belief and value or, or many of the beliefs that support that value would also be installed. So all at once, you can install hundreds of beliefs and behaviors. And then not to mention clusters of values will form our identity. So you can completely change someone's personality. I mean, of course, starting with yourself and then other people, of course, have their free will and choice. But that being said, there are, there are certain tools and persuasion strategies that allow you to persuade, whether it's family members or business partners who may seem to be really hard to work with, but being able to install new beliefs in a win-win way, that creates inevitable wins or win more. So the, the first step really is identifying beliefs that don't support your, your design and, and new ones that may support your design, testing it, and removing, installing, removing, installing, iterating through that, like building a computer program. And then you arrive at the perfect, I mean, sure, some people may argue there's no perfect program, but if it gives you the result, gives you the perfect expression of who you are and allow you to experience that design, that's a perfect program. So design, focus, uh, you called it something. Belief engineering. Belief engineering. And then what's the fourth step? The fourth step is actually the easiest one. Taking massive action. Now, everyone's been told take massive action. Grind, hustle, all that. That's not what I mean. I'm not talking about taking massive action with pain. I'm talking about taking massive action with pleasure. I mean, imagine if you gave me a, you know, actually, if I gave you a dollar and you give me 10 bucks back every time, I would keep doing it. If you give me $10 and I give you a hundred bucks back, you do it every time, right? You keep doing it. When people are not motivated to take action, it's simply because their input and output are disproportionate. They're putting in whether emotional energy or physical energy or mental energy, and the output is actually less than what they put in, right? I mean, that's, that's the nature and the science behind why people are not actually motivated. But imagine if they put in effort and then they, they get 2X, 5X, 10X, 100X, the return, you would keep investing energy into it right? Well, now that's not just true with deals. It's, this, it's true with habits and relationships and behaviors. So being able to take action and understand that is the first step. Let me illustrate it with a conversation I had with one of our clients and a good friend. 
um, we were talking, uh, I, I was talking to this great friend of mine and he was like, I've never been told that I could not work hard and still get the results I want. I've always been told the only way to get what you want is work really, really hard. I'll work everyone. I'm sure he's not alone, right? And I said, look, work hard for what purpose? He's like, to achieve results. I'm like, do you know of people that don't work as hard as you and maybe are not even as smart as you that have more success? He's like, yeah, but I'm sure they have some secret sauce. I'm like, I wonder what that is, right? And then I asked him another question. I asked him a timing question. I'm like, how hard do you have to work so you know you've worked hard enough? Because he's like, hey, I got to work hard. I'm like, how do you measure what working hard means? He's like, oh, never thought about that. And this is a really important conversation to illustrate this. I said, when will you know that you've worked hard enough so that you can get the results you want? He's like, well, okay. Typically, once I have done, once I've done a certain amount of work and I feel like I've sacrificed, I feel like I've, I get home and I can't move, I can't do anything else, I'm drained, then I know I've done good work and I deserve success. I'm like, interesting. So you have a trigger, like you have a part A, you have to work really hard to a point where you have no energy left, literally drained, and you can't even move anymore. That's part A. And then therefore part B, right? This cause and effect relationship is now you can have result. I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I change part A. He's like, oh my gosh, I never thought about it that way, right? I'm like, what's the amount of time do you spend sacrificing your energy? I asked a very specific question to mathematically reduce to the time in which that he knew he has finished sacrificing. He's like, strangely, probably about 70 to 90% of the time, maybe 80, let's say 80%. I'm like, you're doing the 80-20 rule, right? 80% effort producing only 20. 20% actually is the magic. I'm like, do you know when you switch over to 20-80? He's like, yeah, when I feel like I've sacrificed enough. And then I asked the final question. I'm like, what would happen if you woke up every day feeling that you have sacrificed enough already and that you've done what you need to do? Now you deserve success. Every single move you make, would it not be 2080? He's like, holy shit. I could work 40% of the time and get 160 back. I'm like, one and a half times your, your result by working less than half the time? I think that's worth it, right? And uh, not to divulge you know, who this person is, he's living his dream right now. In fact, he was on, he, I asked him what he wanted when he freed up his time. He's like, I love to be on TV. He's on two TV shows now since then. And uh, he wasn't a TV personality before. He was a tech entrepreneur. So a lot of things happened in the last couple of years for him. So my point here is taking massive action does not mean going towards the direction that you want, even though it's painful. It means identifying what the 2080 is. What is the magical switch that takes you from, oh my gosh, I have to sacrifice, work hard to, oh man, I'm in flow. Oh man, I'm in the zone. Well, and then truly installing that state or installing the trigger so that the state gets triggered every moment you're awake. And when you wake up first thing in the morning, you feel deserving, you feel worthy, you feel excited. You feel that it's going to be the greatest day ever instead of 
oh man, I have to sacrifice 80% of my day to get to this point. So how do you personally apply your own upgrade process to yourself? Mm, I love that question. I'm always pushing boundaries with myself and those around me and my clients. I mentioned earlier that I like to live a thousand lives. That was the question I asked myself in the beginning. Because I knew, I knew the story from my grandfather and my, and my father, at least to a certain degree. And I knew that my family weren't successful entrepreneurs or investors. So I'm like, I don't have a background. And I could say that's part A, like, oh, therefore I'm not going to be successful. But instead I was like, I need to live a thousand lives uh, and I need to gather and aggregate data from other investors and other entrepreneurs so that I can get, I can live that thousand lives as an investor without ever having family that taught me that knowledge and got paid to do it too. And after many, many, many thousand rounds, I began to realize, wait a second, not only is this working for me and my client, I have seen combinations of specific patterns that allow me to apply it in my life. And um, that was already, I mean, five, six years into it. And I was also selling it, right? When people pay for a program, they'll tell you all their feedback. So we aggregate that feedback, give them an update, and they do it. And then they, they win and they succeed and they give us more feedback. So long story short, how do I apply it? I design what I want and I iterate through the design. And I, some of our clients have similar design. They want yachts or whatever. And uh, look, I'm not saying it's all about the material things, but it's very tangible and you can prove it, right? So I'll give, get a little bit more specific when it comes to how do I focus on what I want. Um, my, my wife and I traveled many years ago to Monaco because I wanted the data. I wanted to stand in front of that dock rather than just watching a YouTube video. I stood in front of that dock and I smelled the air of the, the marina. I ate breakfast as if I just bought a yacht. What would, I, what would I eat? What's the aftertaste like? Where would I dock my yacht? I got all that data. I wore the shirt that I know that I'm going to wear someday that when I pick up that yacht, right? And we're actually going to go you know, order a yacht this, this fall. But years ago, I was focusing on that, but I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh man, I'm just going to sit in front of my laptop. I did everything I could. I went to Monaco. And then when it comes to modification of beliefs, every time I help my clients, I also help myself. Every time I help myself, I also help my clients. But I tend to push beliefs of my clients because here's the convenient thing. Uh, one of the last guys that joined us has $20 billion an asset under management. And when he came through, I'm like, this is awesome because his beliefs are going to be drastically different than someone who has $20 million of asset under management. And if I can help this guy, I would have the data that he's worked through all the way to get himself here, right? Then I can take that data, dissect it, look at all the components that was giving him 2080 and all the components that was giving him 8020, remove that 8020 and then multiply the 2080. I can then apply that in my life. And so to me, that's how I like to experience life and experience that exponential growth. And then I further test it with new clients that haven't gotten to that point. And they give me feedback and say, oh yeah, that's working. So I'm having a thousand test labs running my tests, running my formula at any given time so I can accelerate this growth, this growth as if I'm living a thousand lives. I hope that answers. I, yeah, I, I have a follow-up question. How many non-crazy baddie Latinas can we get on this yacht? Like, is this a big yacht? 
this is a Cody Sperber yacht. Like a like, can we can we flood the yacht with patties hey, you know, or what? What are we doing? Do I have to be married to get on your yacht? Listen, is there a check? There, are, I'm already there, dude. I'm 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 love set, it. I'm I'm what do, what do we call it? I'm reality engineering. I love it. I mean, <laughs> hey, look, every one of our private clients get invited to our yacht. Oh, so I got to be a cl- private client? That's step one. I like how I mean, you're closing me right now. I'm just, uh, dude. You know what I love about this conversation? Because yeah. it's different than conversations I normally have. Because I mean, you you're you're definitely talking about like really the components of success. Like when we boil it all down, it's like, I think back on my journey, I'm like, how did I get here? Well, I got here first. I had to get exposed to bigger thinking, bigger thoughts, people doing things. Dude, my thinking was so small in the beginning. I literally put a post-it note on my cubicle. I'm a freaking bookkeeper making 34 grand a year or something like that. And I put up a post-it note that said, I want to do real estate. And when I make $4,000 $4,000 a month consistently for not three months, I'm quitting this job. That's how big my thinking was. I literally thought my life would be amazing if I could just make four grand a month as a creative real estate investor consistently for 90 days. And I'm, I'm going to go off and do my real estate dreams. And it's like, you look back on that and you're like, God, I wasn't, I wasn't exposed to very much, right? No successful people in my life growing up, no mentors. I didn't even know what the word mentor meant. We didn't even use the word entrepreneur. Mm. And so it's like, oh, okay. So exposure was the first step is like, well, what's the most that somebody can get paid as a real estate investor? Why can't I make, like your buddy said, six figures in a month? I know people now that make a million dollars an hour. They get paid a million dollars to do a single speech. Mm -hmm. I was just with Tony Robbins the other day in in Palm Beach. He gets paid a million dollars to do a single speech. You know, it's like, it shatters your belief system when you realize, oh man, I'm thinking way too small. This is one of the reasons I'm pushing myself to get out of just the single family game. I've been in single family for 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, but we're doing a lot in commercial multifamily the last couple of years because I'm like, I'm not thinking big enough. I need to really push myself a lot, a lot harder. Um, so exposure. And then there are certain power principles that are just universal power principles. Proximity is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you get the exposure. Leverage is another power principle. How do I leverage you and your experience and your time and your knowledge and your resource? I want, I want the upgrade system in my life because not because I want a yacht or something like that, but because I truly believe it is your obligation to set the standard and play full out every single day. Um, I used to be that guy that would work hard. Mm. Like I prided myself in hard work. I like would, if at the end of the day, I was so exhausted that I was like, oh my God, I can't even keep my eyes open. I felt like I won that day. Mm. And then I met other people that literally do like the 20, 20 minute work day and they're making 10 times the results than I am. And I'm like, okay, hold on here. Something's off. This guy's happier than anybody else I know, lives the life of his dreams and works 20, 30 minutes a, a day. Mm-hmm. How am I killing myself? And I'm and I'm barely making like hitting my goals, which aren't even big enough. And so proximity is power. And then I think about okay, taking the action. So many people talk a big game, but they don't follow through. They just constantly hesitate and procrastinate and play small and think small and recede and jump from vehicle to vehicle. And they they never stay long enough in one place to put in the work and build the skills and capabilities necessary to break through. So true. You know, and it's like, and I have a lot of students that even come into real estate, they think they want to do real estate. They don't want to do real estate. 
They just want the result of being wealthy because of real estate, but they really don't want to do the real estate. And then they wonder why they fail because the pain of doing real estate does not outweigh the pleasure in their view of what they're going to get from it. So they recede. But when your purpose outweighs your pain, that's when the breakthroughs start happening. You know, if I may interject right here, the reason those pain exists, pain is a message delivery mechanism. That means they're hitting their boundary of beliefs, values, and identity with something that conflicts with what, what they, their ancestor or they themselves have learned in this life. But if we modify that belief, that filter that we talked about, they can actually experience pleasure instead of pain. So instead of having to, to overcome the pain, they can actually experience pleasure pulling them towards doing real estate. So one of the biggest challenge for entrepreneurs is being able to modify their pain and change it to pleasure through belief engineering. And most people don't unless- I've never even heard of it structured or talked about like that. Yeah. A lot of times when things aren't working out the way you want them to, and we all have these expectations going into to a business like trying to do creative real estate, and a lot of people join and they're like, if I could do a deal before my credit card bill is due 31 days from now, I can pay for this course and I can do this thing. And then they swipe their credit card and then they start, you know, going through training and they, and then life is also happening to them. They're getting distracted and they're getting pulled in a million directions and they are getting frustrated as the clock is ticking because it's not happening on their expected time frame. And it's a funny thing because that's not how success works. It's not, you don't just get to pick and choose the time frame in which you get to have it, it unless you put, build all the rest of it around it. Of course, yeah. Right? Like what you're talking about. Like I yeah. want I want to find somebody who's the one within five months. Okay, we can set a time frame on that, but- You got to do the work. You got to do the rest of the work. You got to be able to take the action necessary. And, all, and for me, it took a lot longer than expected. I was going crazy mm. for a long time. And we talked about my story yeah, on your podcast, yep. God Mode, which I highly recommend everybody go go check out. It's Thank a you. great podcast. I murdered it on your podcast, I just want to say. Yes, you um, did great. But, I uh, appreciate you being on, by the way. That yeah, was that was fun. Awesome. That was fun to tell my story. Um, you're a great interviewer. You make it easy to, oh. to talk about, I'll talk about like the journey and the struggles and all that. Um, but what I was getting at is, you know, most people quit because their expectations aren't met. What would you say to those people to like reshift their thought process? Like, dude, like to me, success is an obligation. It's not an option. You should set a better standard for your people, for the people watching you, for your family. Like my purpose is so much bigger than money. My purpose is so much bigger than anything that I personally want. I've had all the nice cars and all this stuff. That shit literally fades in seconds. Like as soon as I bought the Rolls Royce, I couldn't wait to get rid of it. Mm. I bought the nice watch. I immediately was like, I don't fucking need a watch. Like, I just need something to tell time. Like, Mm. I don't need somebody to go cool watch, bro. Right. And I ended up, I do this all the time. I buy it thinking that I want it. And then I can't wait to get rid of it. And I do, I get rid of it. I actually feel better. Simple, simplifying. Um, But I love it when I'm impacting others. That Mm. to me is the payoff. Mm. Right. Like I've attached all the hard work and the sacrifice and the, and the pain Mm -hmm. with this result. Is that what you mean by shifting it to pleasure? Because I never feel pain 
even when it's really hard and I'm in the pressure cooker, my back's against the wall, I still love it. Like I'm thriving in it. Mm. In some sick way, I find pleasure in being the underdog Mm. because at the end of it, I know that there's going to be people out there that are going to be heavily impacted by it. And I love that end result of my kids being proud of me and my, my team members at my companies looking at each other going, I can't believe we pulled that off. Mm. Their belief system changed. Like I, I said last year, we're going to throw the biggest event in the real estate space. They all looked at me like I was nuts. And we went out there and threw the biggest, damn most successful real estate event, maybe ever. And there's been some bigger ones as far as attendance, but no better ones. Mm. And um, it's still being talked about to this day. Clever Summit last Love year that. was the best. Love that. And my whole team's belief system changed once we hit that big, hairy, crazy goal. Mm. They didn't think we could pull it off. I think we did almost 9 million at that event, uh, which is the most we ever made at an event, mm. you know? Um, but everything, we nailed everything in mm. it. And now they believe that they could do even a better event and make more impact. And uh, while it was financially successful for us, I bet you the people that attended that event went off and made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. That would be my prediction. I've seen more partnerships created, more deal flow created, more money being lent, more people getting into the sub two community and the clever community and, and, Amazing. and just collaborating and doing business and, and actually finally getting some wins from that one event than anything that we've ever done here at Clever. That's awesome. And so- um, what would you say to those people that are trying to change some of their beliefs? Desire. Because your purpose and desire is so far, so much greater than any pain could ever pose as a challenge. So to you, it's just like, whatever. I mean, it's like, imagine a silly metaphor. Let's say we're driving a, a Fort Raptor. This is not a plug for Fort Raptor, but they're awesome, right? And uh, we're going off-road. It's not going to feel like there's much challenge because the suspension... The shocks, they're, they're built for that. And then you can go fast. But imagine if you and I drove a really low-to-the-ground Ferrari off-road, tight suspension, rear-wheel drive. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And I'm going to say that a lot of people, they don't have that suspension. And also, they don't have that desire that gives them to, you know, to be able to overcome all of that, not to just overcome, but see it as this is not a big deal. And, and with the suspension, that's more of a mental programming thing. And a lot of times people may not have that desire right at the get-go, because frankly, I'm not going to say that there's a large percentage of the population that have as strong of a desire as you do. I mean, that's, that's true, right? And because of that, in order to have greater success, well, frankly, most people just don't because they don't have that desire. But in order to have greater success, they would have to put in so much effort because they're not driven by desire, right? And it'll come to a point where they're just like, nah, they'll dip back to where they were. So simply put, I think that increase of desire, which can be installed, chaining desire to what they do and chaining rewards to what they do will give the unconscious mind motivation. So in summary, their unconscious mind is not motivated. And the best ally that we have in business or relationship is our unconscious mind. So if we can get our unconscious mind on board with what we want, then we can easily get what we want without the pain. So that can either be increasing desire, increasing physical effort, or increasing skill 
by changing, being able to change our own programming. So one of the three or all of three. Mm. I always wonder like, you know, where does desire actually come from? You know, cause I just always had it. I never needed anybody to motivate me. I was very self-motivated. And then I know other people that have no self-motivation at all. You literally uh, got to like kick them up the hill. Like, come on, bro, let's go. You I can break mean? down desire mathematically, essentially. If like, you'd like. You desire is a very specific configuration of visual, auditory, kinesthetic, even smell and taste. Uh, it, and then also the labels that you have as component A. And then component B might be a feeling, might be an emotional state, might be some sort of other biochemical response. So when you have a picture in your mind with a sound or a specific ratio of pictures and whatever else, this reality, this part A is the cause of part B. And you really want part B and you really want part A, you're willing to do whatever it takes for this feeling. Whereas some people don't have these pictures, don't have these sound. They've never been given that sound or they never conjure that up in their own mind. Therefore, they don't have this feeling. And their unconscious mind's like, why would I do that? That's a lot of effort for what? So desire, mathematically, we can act, I mean, if we have more time, I can literally break down specific desires that you have into different ratios with you. And then we can actually replicate that desire into a different area of your life if you want it. Now, every person's different, but that's essentially... So if I paid you a million dollars, are we literally just sitting here going through that kind of four-step process and mapping out? Like I would sit here and go, you know what? I want to get to um, $100 million in a year. And you're like, totally doable. Let's get to work, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing that if somebody's going to drop a million bucks, they want a big ROI on that million, yep, absolutely. right? So they're talking big goals, mm-hmm. crazy shit, Yep. right? Yep. And your whole team's going to what? Wrap themselves around that person and customize this game plan and hold them accountable to it? Now, the million dollar program, like you said, it's going to go up to 2 million. Um, that's like something that's going to happen this summer. But uh, we also have something that's a hundred bucks. Why does everything ha- with you happen right after Hot Boy Summer? I just want to know. It's like we're, we're going right up to 2 million after Hot Boy Summer. That's just the theme. I like how you roll. Yeah. That's right. At, after this summer, all of my prices here at Clever Investor are going to go to $50 million. I'm just letting you guys know. It's going to be a legendary summer. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> no, you're good. We have a I'm tradition. still thinking now. about Latinas on your yacht and- now we're distracted. Hey, you know, there, there's an, every summer we do an increase of some sort. And uh, we don't just increase the price, we increase the level of service and different things. And so s- clients that jump in right before oftentimes gets the benefit of the increase of service with the same old price. Um, so what happens? I give you a million bucks, maybe two. I tell you I want to make $100 million next year. I'd say do more. You can do more. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. You're modifying my, my belief system already. I think that that's, uh, I mean, if you were to say, I want to increase it that much, this might sound like a bold statement, but we probably have less expensive programs that can get you to that point. It's not a promise, but I do believe that you can get to that point. Obviously, I need to know where you are and all that, Mm -hmm. but I have some context. I think that you can get to that point with a cheaper program. But if you're like, man, I want to hit a billion, want to hit 10 billion or more. I'd say that million dollar program is where we're. Damn, I'm not thinking big enough. All right. Well, we, we got a lot of work to do. 
I want to make $100 trillion. Hey, it's possible. We have clients that come to us that are like, I want to do a $20 trillion fund and you know, become the biggest, literally. So, I uh, mean, because we do know that there are some funds out there at 11 trillion. So the client wants to get to 20, right? My point here- You know what I want? I want Instagram to quit throttling my reach. Can you fix that for me? That I my, yelled about COVID and and shutting down the economy too much, and now I'm I'm in timeout. Hey, you know, it depends on what the purpose is, right? If you just want reach, there are many other ways. Oh, that's so, true. I, Always yeah. modifying. I love it. How can people get a hold of you, dude? Ah, and how can we give them something? You kind of went through a four step process. Like, can we give our listeners something just to kind of help them actually implement some of this stuff? Yes, I've pre designed a domain. It's upgrade dot com upgrd.com slash clever okay so, let's give away something for the listeners that made it to this point yes. and upgrade spelled different it's upgrd dot com yep okay and slash clever got it okay yeah. cool and then uh how do people follow you they can get on uh, my instagram it's william.upgrade upgrd or the upgrd those two handles. The upgrade. Yeah, the upgrade. Okay. And, and or William.upgrade. Definitely follow us because we do post a lot of content and we have, we have our Godmo podcast, which is free, and we do dive into some deeper things. Um, I know that I didn't say too much about what would happen in the million dollar program, but essentially I take someone through that hundred step and it's customized to their needs and wants. And we map out what's currently going on in your mind and then we map out what you want, help you design what you want. And then we custom configure a plan to help you automatically, consciously and unconsciously focus on your, your design. And then also change beliefs, values, and if necessary, identity to match your goal, of course, only in an ecological and ethical manner. And then we pre-program this desire, which you already have tons, and this natural motivation for your unconscious mind to go about it in the most efficient, effective way in the shortest amount of time. So that's the gist of how we do, but there's a hundred steps that we take people through. Well, I started off this podcast by saying, I'm excited to have this conversation. You're definitely a smart cat and it's always fun to talk to you because it forces me to kind of go inward and think about the way I think about things. And, uh, you know, people need to upgrade. They really do, especially in the economy, the world that we're in right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of people that maybe their environment has kind of beat them up a little bit and they're second guessing themselves. They're, you know, playing small, thinking small. Like I said, procrastinating. Something is holding them back from stepping into their full potential. And it drives me crazy because we need leaders right now. We need yes. people to really step up and raise their enthusiasm, raise their intention and set a better fucking standard. There's so, so many boring ass adults out there. It drives me crazy. And I'm like, why? Right now, we need people to step up and say, look, these things are important to us. These, these cultures, these standards, uh, the way I roll through life, watch what I'm doing. I'll be, the, I'll, I'll be the leader and set the standard for everybody else to show and give you permission. It's okay to be loud and be enthusiastic and to, um, to win. You know, We need more, more winning going on. I feel like, especially here in America, we've been kind of like on in this like loop, negative loop the last couple of years since COVID, especially, you know, a lot of people are in financial pain. That's at an all time high. Mm -hmm. More young kids 
are battling suicidal thoughts and struggling with depression, you know, they're taking more, you know, prescription medicine now than ever to cover up their pain. People, divorce rates at an all-time high, credit card debts at an all-time high. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot out there. Yep. But if you can, if we can create this culture of winning again and develop, uh, and that's why I love capitalism. That's why I love entrepreneurship. It is the solution to what's happening out there right now. And your program helps people really create the, the structure and the system to go out there and win at it, but not just a little bit of win, a lot of bit of win. And that's what I love. I love Thank that. You. So you keep doing that, man. Keep doing that. And, uh, you know, maybe one of these days I'm going to actually believe that I can do a couple billion dollar fund and I'll pay you your stupid $2 million. You can help me get there real quick. And I do want the invite to the yacht. I want to feel the breeze and I want to eat at the restaurant. I want to fill your button we'll have a that chef you on have board. with your shirt so I can, I can go through that experience with you. That'd be pretty legendary. Hey, and you'll bring your Latina girlfriend. Let's go. Let's go. Why not? Maybe, maybe a whole bunch of them. Come on, William. You're not thinking big enough. Hey, Let's you go. know. All I, right. Listen, guys, if you got some value out of this episode, make sure you go follow, follow William and upgrade on all the social channels. Check out his podcast, God Mode. I was on it. It's a phenomenal episode. Definitely. If you do watch it on YouTube or uh, subscribe to his uh, God Mode podcast, make sure if you can comment or leave a review, tell him you're from Sperber's podcast so that way he knows where you guys came from. And uh, yeah, share this episode with a friend or somebody that needs to upgrade their life so they can start to think and act a little bit bigger. And of course, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. That's how we let the algorithm know that this is valuable and uh, it motivates me to keep doing it. We're out of here until next time. Take care, comb your hair, peace. Hey, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor, host of the Clever Investor Show podcast. And I'm shooting this ad right now to let you know that this podcast exists. It's finally out and we have some amazing guests. So please, I'm begging you, can you just come and give our podcast a listen? I've been doing real estate for a really long time. I've accessed some of the coolest people in the world. We were having all these amazing conversations and I'm like, what are we doing? Let's record this and actually put it out on a podcast. But the problem is, I have to let people know about it. That's where this ad comes in and this is where you come in. You're gonna be able to learn from successful entrepreneurs, get in-depth interviews from amazing leading experts. You're gonna learn real estate investing strategies and tactical training strategies that work in today's market. We're going over market analysis and different market predictions. You're gonna be able to engage in an awesome community. And we go into some pretty deep dives on the mindset of what it takes to win the game of money and in life, plus lots of bonus resources and exclusive content. So what you're gonna to wanna to do right now is click the link that you see on your screen and give the show a subscribe today. We have amazing guests like Ken McElroy and Robert Kiyosaki and Wes Watson and Pace Morby and Jamil Damji and Vina Jetty and a whole host of amazing men and women entrepreneurs that you're gonna to love to learn from and get to know. So what you wanna do right now is click that link and give the show a subscribe today.